everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Dance Floor podcast where we look at everything outside of the moves and the competitions and try to dive a little bit deeper. It's about history, mentality and connecting the dots between the dance and the other aspects of our lives. Today we have a very special episode of the podcast with someone who I'm very excited to share with you all. It's Session from Havikoro. A world-renowned b-boy, former Massive Monkey Day footwork champ and a medical doctor. He's actually a psychiatrist. Possession shares his history, some history on the Texas scene and regional styles, creativity and originality, the Bleeding the Block series and how it came about, his personal style and how it's evolved, mental health and the dance and more. Possession is a really interesting guy with a lot of great perspectives on things and it's so rare that we get to talk with someone who has this incredible knowledge of the dance but also a deeper understanding of how the mind works and how that can relate to the dance. It's really great to be able to talk with him about some of these deeper issues and I really hope that people get something out of this talk. Anyway, here's a talk and I hope you enjoy it. Peace. Okay, we're here with Zeshin from Havikoro. Real pleasure to have you here today with us and uh, yeah, just sharing your thoughts and, and everything. So thank you. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Everything's good with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. We were just kind of talking about this right before. Like, we we're kind of in very different time zones. So it's like yeah. 10 p.m. here and 8 a.m., I think, for you right now. Yeah, 8 a.m., man. Yeah, almost completely opposite. So, which, yeah. I'm normally up at this time, but last night I was I was up late. There was, um, or I got drunk. So. <laughs> no better way to say it so it's <laughs> <laughs> okay me too yeah yeah, yeah. just at home <laughs> <Word. laughs> um anyway moving on from that <laughs> yeah um yeah usually I get people to just kind of introduce themselves so for anyone who doesn't know who you are yeah do you mind just getting into a little bit about yourself and your history and where you come from how you got into the dance and anything else you want to say yeah, man. Um, all right. Well, what's up, everybody? Um, my name is Zeshin. Um, I'm from Houston, Texas. At least I've lived here now for about four years. Um, this year, I'm 34 years old. Um, and I am a dancer. I'm a b-boy. I venture into other styles, things that I, I try to do as well. But mainly I break. And I started dancing back in 1999. Um, always been a Texas B-boy, you know, um, that's kind of my, my location. Uh, I've been through a lot of different, uh, grew up in a lot of different scenes here in Texas, uh, from Dallas to Austin and now recently in Houston. Um, and yeah, man, uh, what else about me? How did I get started in breaking? Um, I started when I was really young. So, you know, when you start so young, it's like, when do you know you really start or like, you know, get into it. Right. But I would say like the first time I was really like, Oh, I want to do this. I was, uh, 
12 years old. This was in 1999. Um, and I was at a summer camp and I saw this dude try to do a windmill. I really can't remember what it looked like. I don't know if it was good or not, but <laughs> the, the movement was like, Oh, what is going on? Like, that was really interesting. So that very first day, um, you know, those, those, those guys were kind of messing around. So I went up there and I was looking and trying to do some stuff. So the first day I started breaking, I learned two moves. The very first day I learned how to do a really rudimentary coffee grinder. And I learned how to do a, a Kung Fu like kip up. <laughs> and I, I everyone those, learns those two. Yeah. <laughs> I did those two same moves for a, a whole year <laughs> without learning anything new. Um, not a whole year maybe like half a year and then um you know i was like oh there must be more to this (laughs) and yeah luckily i was right and um found some stuff it was like the beginnings of you know like internet i guess and um i had like a dial-up modem so there was there was like really old breaking websites like breakdance.com. It was like all orange shit. It was like really and some move guys that were like um it was like all text, you know. There was yeah, no yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like instructionals on how to do a flare and it's just like five sentences of text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like kick your left leg up to your ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but like for me, I think we kind of started roughly around the same time. I was like maybe a few years later, but like oh, I, yeah. I oh. saw the same similar kind of things. Like the first <laughs> stuff I saw on the internet was like a top rock tutorial, and it's like stick figure diagrams of like how to do which is basically yeah, top it was rock, like a animated GIF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like six frames long. <laughs> yeah, people people are very lucky these days. Yeah. Oh man, you telling me, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, who? So who were who were some of the people that like when you were first starting out that you saw or that were inspiring to you that kind of uh, helped like shape shape how you are now and that kind of thing. Um, the first b boy that I actually really met and practiced with that was already kind of established in the scene was this guy named Jin. Um, oh, he rep Jack Turkey's group, which yeah. is, um, you know, it was a really big crew at that time. And mm-hmm. Jin, he was a, a kind of an iconic b boy from that era in Texas, um, for kind of doing a lot of the um, the press styles, yeah, um, freezes and stuff yeah. like that, planches, presses, and freezes. Um, so he happened to live in the same suburb as me dallas texas at the time i had just moved there from houston i wasn't breaking when i first moved to houston i was like nine years old when i first moved to houston um when i moved to dallas we lived in like a little suburb north of it Mm -hmm. um that was my family first moved to the suburbs and there was nobody breaking (laughs) there you know except for gent and so yeah. somehow I got to meet him. I think it was through the freestyle session.com. They used to have old message boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I might have posted something and then one of his crewmates answered. I think it was a guy named Orlando. And then I eventually he like introduced me to Jen. Um, 
I think I sent him like a AOL instant messenger uh, <laughs> <laughs> text or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, we started practicing. So he was the one that kind of put me on to um, originality, you know, like the whole mental um, approach to breaking in that era, I think. As I remember, it was just, you got to come original, you know, yeah. different scenes have different styles. Yeah. Um, once I moved to Austin, which was a few years later, um, when I was in college, I think I started practicing with Jim when I was like 16. So then when I was like 18, I went to Austin, Texas to go to University of Texas. That's when I met um, Romeo Navarro. He throws a jam called B-Boy City um, and Rudy Rex from Have a Core. And I didn't really. Yeah, that's that's when I first learned breaking foundation really like learned it was mm. in Austin. This was like 2005. So I'd been breaking for like almost like six years, but you know, there wasn't any real good source of knowledge. Right. Right. Um, and um, you kind of learn like later you can get, yeah, right. Yeah. And exactly. So watching videos and stuff, but there wasn't like, you know, nobody really showing me what was up mm-hmm. um, kind of because the suburb I was in was a little bit isolated Mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, I was busy with school. I don't know what it is. Like I was in high school and I was trying to, you know, just keep up. And so mm-hmm. I didn't drive down to the inner city that much. Um, but there was also like the sense, you know, back then, especially in Texas, like even if you did, nobody was going to really take you in and show you stuff. It's like, right. you kind of have to like know the people hmm. um, or, you know, just be down with them. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't really till I moved to Austin that I found a, a group of people, you know, like a scene that was like that to me. And um, yeah, man, from then on, uh, it was just people in my crew, you know, um, and, and Texas people has influenced me. Lil John was a big influence for me. Uh, Wicked, when he moved to Texas, he actually moved to Austin way back, like in 07, 08. Oh, really? um, yeah um and we started practicing together too and you know that was a, a guy named dave rock who's kind of an underground cat in austin but like from rudy's generation you know he's like an early 90s b-boy mm-hmm. and um yeah these are among the people i would probably name as my biggest um direct influences mm-hmm. yeah damn um yeah like uh, i know Dave, Dave Rock, and I mean, lots of people know Rudy Rex, but uh, you guys had that like bleeding the block kind of series, and Wicked yeah. too was on there too. Yeah, um, uh, that's a random little tangent, but maybe we can get into that. Like, what's yeah, what's kind of the story behind that? Uh, it was really just when me and Rudy first started practicing together. Um, it was around like '07. I don't know what it was that made us start practicing together. That was the year I won like my first jam. It was in Austin and it was a seven of smoke footwork battle. And I had been, I think, um, just in a phase where I was just trying to, just trying to come up, man. Um, I was in a crew that was based in Dallas at the time, but I, I already been um, living in another city for a couple of years. So I wasn't really training with them and, you know, I think we were in kind of different um, mindsets at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was trying to learn to dance and, and try to get my foundation um, 
and kind of branch out a little bit more. Um, and so then uh, Rudy was there judging that seminar smoke. And then I won it. And after that, he wanted to train with me, you know, in Austin. Mm-hmm. And so I went over, I've been going over to his house to practice. And then, uh, you know, we were just like, okay, like let's, let's do something because um, at the time, all the footage of breaking was on message boards. It was like B-boy world. Right. And I remember thinking like, oh, there's a lot of competition footage out. But we kind of wanted to, to just do something, you know, where it was just showing us getting down, like showing kind of a bit of a lifestyle behind it. Um, my crew had done something similar to that in the past. Um, they had like old projects where they would like film themselves in the streets and stuff like that. Um, but we just haven't seen anything like that in a while. And we thought, oh, you know, this will be dope. So we decided to just like go around the city and make a video where we just were hitting up like concrete spots, just like hit and go, you know? So we were just driving around town and like, we're looking out the car and be like, oh, that's a spot, let's pull over, you know? Nice. And he just like jammed something from his car, <laughs> get out and, and just get down, you know? Um, nice. It was super fun, man. And, you know, I was still like kind of just really excited to be like, you know, involved in stuff with, um, really just people that have been my mentors, you know, doing it longer than I have. Um, and then Wicked was in town. Um, and so we, we got him on there too. You know, that was actually my first time hanging out with Wicked was when we did Bleeding the Block, like mm-hmm. back in 08. Um, so yeah, and we made a video. Um, it got pretty good reception, you know, at the time. It was kind of dope, you know, like, so yeah and then after that we just kept wanting to do more because it was it was just fun to do them yeah yeah so was there uh i'm trying to remember like was there any significance behind the the name yeah we didn't know what to really call it um we got the name from a guy named blast he was one of the have a coral founders and um I think Rudy called him up and he just mentioned it one day. He goes, I just call it bleeding the block. Bleeding the block is kind of like a slang term for um, just like taking care of your shit, you know, like in your, in your area. Like if you, I don't know, like I may be wrong, but <laughs> I remember it meaning is like, if you had like collected all your money or sold all your drugs, <laughs> like you yeah, know, yeah. on your block and you like, you know, got it all handled, you, you, you were bleeding your block, you know? Yeah. I remember hearing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, Oh, that name's like, cause we were literally out there like bleeding, like from right, our hands. Right. Yeah, cause yeah. The concrete would be so rough sometimes we get scraped. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, Oh yeah. If we like hit up every spot in our, in our neighborhood, in our city and like get down, it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. we, we bled the block our way, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I remember it, seeing that series and just the first one too it was like like you said a lot of the footage was just competition footage and things like that and you know it's exciting in its own way but it was so fresh to see yeah like the kind of video that you guys made and um you know like that that kind of stuff people have done like similar kinds of things but yeah 
it's just refreshing when when you see someone do that because like it's not so common that that people will do those kind of things and like you guys had really yeah. nice like music too like oh yeah 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 man. thank you for uh, the comments man like it's it's crazy like you know i still get like people kind of hit me up like oh man like uh i used to watch those videos um you know people i wouldn't expect people who are like really famous now would be like oh you know i, I used to watch those um so i think it was just the right timing man when we mm-hmm. put that out because we were kind of amateur video makers man to be honest the videos aren't like super high quality like you know clear or whatever um and we try to do like be real stuff but it was like very <laughs> like, you but, know but that's like that's a few seconds that's yeah. kind of like the i don't know it's sort of the appeal sometimes of like like yeah. me and my buddy mark we talk about this too with like say a windmill and you see a windmill and you can see someone who does like perfect windmills and their legs are straight and all this stuff. But sometimes when you see someone with like bent legs and they're, they're not even like that flexible and they're just kind of like, they're not even like spreading their legs that much or something like that. Uh Like looks kind of dirty and looks kind of rough around the edges and like, yeah, yeah, like something, something about it feels kind of like, I don't know. Something about it feels b-boy like yeah not yeah. olympic not you know like gymnastics something yeah. about it feels break b-boy that's yeah, i know what you mean yeah it's imperfect and it's like it's yeah. kind of beautiful because it's imperfect because it's not so refined and right. so like uh what do you what's the word like molded and like mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah so. yeah i think we were also definitely inspired looking back at by um, uh wreck and shop the that um you know i'm talking about it's like this uh little documentary that came out back in the 90s um okay it was like 25 minutes all black and white and it was about hip-hop dancing in brooklyn oh okay wrecking shop in brooklyn um there's like one good version that exists on youtube (laughs) (laughs) but um, it was real rugged raw. It had like the the, the elite force, you know, oh, okay, um, off yeah. top yeah. Uh, people. Um, when they were young, though, it was it was so crazy when you watch it. So you got like young Buddha Stretch on there. You got like young Khalif, young Link, mm. you know. Um, and it was a really dope, like raw, just like clips of them talking, showing how they live, how they dress, you know, how mm. they just full with each other and then interspersed with their dancing so it really made it look like oh this is like lifestyle you mm-hmm. know think about like skating magazines and stuff mm-hmm. um you know back when like skating was starting to like really become like a cultural um subculture um it would show more like oh this is like a, a, a kind of a young person's you know subculture and yeah. so that documentary brought a lot of that rawness and i think we were really inspired to try to capture some of that in in kind of more modern breaking like you know it's not always about going to a jam but it's like mm-hmm. i just do this with my boys on a on a weekend you know yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah what we do in our city so yeah but the other thing the, the other thing too was like just the kind of stuff that you guys did in in the video was like not necessarily the kind of like crazy athletic physical feats and this kind of thing it was just really like dancing and and not necessarily simple but like 
just kind of, well, I guess, sort of simple, basic, but not basic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like just yeah. feeling and dancing and moving, and like that's it. That's the kind of, that's what I felt from that when I when I watched it. Nice. Yeah, that's that's so dope, man. That's a really, um, yeah. that's actually a really high compliment to that because that was kind of the feel that we were trying to get. Because um, we will film like a lot of takes, but it wouldn't be like, oh, you know, we just want to do that same round. It's like, well, we got a vibe going. Mm-hmm. It's like me, Rex, Wick, Dave, and it, it almost was just like, oh, let's just let's just get down, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to respond to your round or I'm going to, mm-hmm. oh, that gave me an idea yeah. and I'm going to get down. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, we, we, we look through it. We actually we scrap a lot of footage, man. We're like, man, we're going to take the, the cream of the crop. Like mm-hmm. whichever round that you're just like in the zone, we, mm-hmm. we want to do that. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and that and the fact that none of us could do anything crazy anyway, it was like, <laughs> well, like, we played to our, we played to our strength. <laughs> yeah, but like you guys all in your own ways have your own like whatever you want to call it, like your own sort of blow-ups, right? Your own sort of big moves and things like that. But yeah, yeah just when I watched that video, it was like you guys, you have moments where you're doing something like really interesting or whatever, but a lot of it is just, yeah, it just felt like you guys were just vibing. That's That's pretty yeah. much it, like. Yeah, and I always like that. Yeah, so yeah, if anyone that's, hasn't that's seen cool, it, man. I highly recommend you just go and check yeah. them out. There's like four or five of them, or six. I don't know how many. Yeah, there's like five of them, but um, I haven't. We haven't done one in a while, man. Um, because uh, you know, things got busy, and then you know, I moved, mm-hmm. and you know, people kind of have different phases in yeah. their involvement, you know, and so, but. It was a thing that I, you know, I still really, I still kind of rep it in a way, you know, like um, even now when I like, if I go on a trip somewhere and I think it's a really dope area, um, either I'll just film something myself or if, with somebody else. And I would like to do a bleed in the block, like everywhere that I could yeah. go, you know, yeah, get yeah, a yeah. bunch of people on it, man. I wanted you guys to come on it, you know, yeah, um, and all I mean, that, but it's just, you know, it's a matter of, Oh, chance and opportunity really yeah basically yeah and yeah. uh yeah who knows what what the future holds right <laughs> yeah. it might get resurrected yeah. sometime or yeah or or it just lives for however long it lives and that's it's maybe right. more special that way and you know we made a batch of bleeding the block shirts and they were given away and some of them were sold and only a handful of people have a bleed in the block shirt. I think Jess Skills has like a a, a long sleeve like sweatshirt or something like that. And mm-hmm. I see her rocking it sometimes too. But it's kind of cool, right? Like yeah. limited edition sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got like a hoodie. There's only we only made like two hoodies ever and <laughs> shit like that. Exclusive, yeah. Yeah. That's like supreme level or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, nobody knows what it is <laughs> <laughs> but then some then in the future someone's like someone knows about it so, and then it catches yeah. on for whatever reason who knows yeah <laughs> um that's right but anyway uh i was kind of curious about like you kind of touched on it a little bit but and this is the kind of thing that gets brought up a lot is mm-hmm. um just the idea of like 
originality and like um yeah just originality and what i want to kind of start with is just sort of like regional styles and like in my opinion when i was starting out like you know the us is such a big country and it wasn't like you know japan you kind of had like oh that's the japanese vibe and this is sort of like the german vibe or whatever this is the uk vibe but like the us is so gigantic that you had kind of like a west coast and east coast uh miami uh uh and like a texas style and that was yeah quote unquote you know as much as it can be whatever like a unified style but there was sort of like a vibe in texas can you are you for whatever like amount you can talk about it can you just Mm -hmm. say what you know about that texas kind of spirit or whatever yeah man um that's a good topic because it's it's harder for me to say what that is now yeah yeah as opposed to what it was when i started and i think that's Mm -hmm. because with more exposure that people have to mm-hmm. how people dance everywhere else mm-hmm. and kind of the competition scene, people are kind of like, they have the ability to design their style according to what they see. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of mixing together, I think now. While before you were really, really influenced by the people around you because that's the only where, that's the only place that you um, really saw breaking. Mm-hmm. And so, how I would describe early Texas style is um, kind of a combination of breaking moves mixed with like a freestyle house background. Mm. Um, And part of that's because like in the early nineties, there wasn't a lot of breaking foundation that was brought down to Texas at the time. Um, what people were doing was what some would call like freestyle. They would just call it freestyle dance, which was kind of like a mixture of like hip hop, like new Jack swing house moves. Um, but then some people will mix breaking moves in there. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be up top, like doing mostly house hip hop and throw a 2000 into a split. Like people could do stuff like that. Yeah. So um, the power and the tricks and all that, that kind of endured a little bit more back then. Um, before breaking foundation really set in so then when people really started doing more break and breaking it, it looked like you know they still had a little bit of that freestyle hip-hop vibe like in their tops and stuff as opposed to like bronc, bronc style you know mm-hmm. yeah. um and i would say like not great footwork for the most part but it was like you know not a structured um um, but you know, people kind of found their own transitions and, and ways to get into stuff. So it was a very like dynamic style. I mean, it was a very dynamic, um, uh, explosive, you know, um, kind of power spins, freeze heavy. And then the interstitium would be like original transitions. And that's kind of what it would that's a style that I remember seeing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we did have some footwork heads, man, and the foundation eventually made it here. And um, when I started, I was, I don't know, like for some reason I just felt like 
I want to do footwork. Something about the uh, something about like the statement you make <laughs> to me. Like when I I don't know. It was probably like who was the first person that really put me on? Man, probably watching like Lil John or like you know Rudy mm-hmm. in some of the early videos. Like I know they could do power, but but I would see them throw around where they just did footwork and still mm-hmm. smoke somebody. And I was like, damn, yeah. like, I want to kind of do that. Cause that's, that's like a cooler way to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of what started me on that too. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of hip hop influence house influence. Um, but now, you know, I can't really have a hard, yeah. I will have a hard time really describing it now, you know? Yeah. I think like, a lot of the yeah just you know since the the internet kind of like became more widespread and everyone was using it it's just kind of natural that people are going to see each other they can see anything they can be inspired by anything there's right less of that like you said that uh inspired by yeah. the people around you and things like that and it's kind of like yeah. you can it's that sort of double-edged sword sort of thing like it's cool and and people have created all kinds of crazy things and at the same Mm -hmm. time a lot of people really look the same and they're doing the same crazy things that kind of thing or the start the way that they're moving is very similar even though they're creating maybe their own sort of things it's like the same sort of style that kind of thing you know, and like there's, there's no there's no going back either because like uh-huh. just like stop using the internet or something like that. Like, right. I don't know, it's kind of hard, right? I think there's a lot of um uh subconscious influence mm. that happens. Yeah. Like the more I've danced and been around different scenes, the more I realize that. And I don't think it's anything it's not necessarily bad, it's just something that happens. Like mm-hmm. when you dance around people consistently, it just kind of bleeds over. Mm-hmm. little things that they do little things that you do it just yeah. kind of becomes subconsciously i don't know like influential to each other yeah. um the way that i was approaching a dance when i was living in austin and constantly dancing with rudy and dave um and wicked is a little different from the way i dance now that i'm in houston and for like the past i want to say like four years have been getting down with like palmer um you know and jeremy and and them um and it's just like little things and i don't know um and i'm sure there's like pockets within even my city where people kind of dance and they have they have a certain style just based on just who they're around you know yeah so i, I guess you could say it depends on like your city too and like how that's connected true. it is you know yeah. um houston tends to have various pockets Hmm. of scenes and you know because it's such a big city you know um you don't really just dance with everybody in your city all the time and um yeah like i I could definitely say there's like a have a choral vibe and Hmm. kind of a style that we kind of share subconsciously and then you know there's other approaches you know Hmm. from even other parts of the city too so yeah yeah i also just kind of thinking about it right now like 
I also kind of think maybe part of it is an age thing too, that when you're really yes. young, you know, and you're, especially when you're young in the dance, mm-hmm. you're still trying to figure out like, well, how do I want to move? And you're still right. trying to figure out what the hell the dance is even. Right. So yeah. Like during that time, you're kind of like, you're just a, you're a sponge and you're absorbing all kinds of mm-hmm. different things. And if the internet is your source, then you're absorbing all of that stuff. Right. But yeah. I think like, as you get older and maybe this is just me, I don't know, but like, I kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, I kind of know what I like and I know how I want to move. So I'm just going to do that. Like, I don't really need to watch all this stuff anymore. It's not even really that interesting, but there's like certain people that I'll still enjoy, but in general, it's like, I know what I like and I, I don't know. I'm not so interested in watching all this footage, that kind of thing. Like, yeah once in a while you know i'm I'm not trying to be like an old man who's just like you know (laughs) these days that kind of thing but you know there's a certain aesthetic that i enjoy right a certain way that i like to move and create and that kind of thing so i'm just gonna do that (laughs) yeah no i totally get you man there's there's i think that's exactly what it is like you you refine your taste Mm. and you you've been dancing long enough to know that it's okay to have what you like in this dance and you know enough about the dance to really appreciate just that which you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, the same way, like certain people dance and I can sense a certain vibe, a certain, like I could, I could read into their approach and appreciate it. And on, this, on the other hand, there's a lot of people that, just don't do that for me at all you know yeah. and um, yeah so yeah it's just the same way for me man um i mean i'm really at this point more inspired by other styles like yeah <laughs> i've been um i've been on a serious journey to learn how to pop for the past year <laughs> i've seen it yeah <laughs> and um i feel like that i feel like when i just started out and i'm like watching a lot of different dancers and all of them are amazing to me Mm-hmm. and you know but i'm now i'm starting to develop like oh okay i like i like some things more and some mm-hmm. some things less you know there's there's yeah. a certain approach some people take to pop that i'm starting to be like oh that's kind of a similar approach mm-hmm. that i take to break in mm-hmm. and it resonates with me mm-hmm. and you know i study that you know how they like try to um apply that to their to their technique mm-hmm. you know and that's been really, really like inspiring me on a dance tip. And even in my breaking now, when I watch how people approach these other dances, maybe I'm just thinking like, it probably is because for me, at least there's a lot more dancing involved in some non-breaking styles. Yeah. Not to, yeah. Sh- not, not shit on breaking. I think you can dance just as much real dancing and breaking it's just people can get away a lot yeah. easier and breaking without doing it yeah um so watching how like in it people are mm-hmm. when i see poppers house dancers etc that gives me some inspiration and vibe that for my breaking too so yeah like uh i think i had a very similar journey of like just just because of the nature of Vancouver, like the scene is like kind of smaller. So 
we, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because of our practice spot, like Robson Square, that was like a hub for all dancers of like all kinds to just come and you just meet everybody and people learn various things like house yeah. and popping and locking and hip hop and like partner dancing and all kinds of things. Right. And, and so, yeah. And so being exposed to that, like really early on, it's like you said, I kind of realized like, not to say that breaking, you can't dance with it, but like people, like you said, people get away with less of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I, I don't know, maybe part of it is like, the history of the dance like it was built on like well i want to come up with my these are my moves i made them right. they're mine right like and right. so it was an emphasis on like creating things and not necessarily like well, okay here's your here's the colors that you have to paint with what can you make with those limited colors it's not like right. i'm making a new color that kind of thing it's You're like, right you've got red blue and green what can you make with yeah. red blue and green that kind of thing so yeah it was like and just the people that I met, like, and the way that they learned too was like, here's a, here's a basic step. I think this like all their knowledge comes from like the EBs, like Pop and Pete and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, Wiggles and, and those guys. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, all right, okay, let's look at like a Twisto Flex. And you take right. a Twisto Flex. Okay, there it is. Okay, now you've got it. You've mastered it. Now you just deconstruct it and you like you you start playing around with like the timing and repeating things or or reversing mm -hmm. it and then going back and like you're taking the exact same movement and like kind of playing around with it and that kind of thing like yeah it's just one movement just the twist of flex or it was like a walkout yeah. and how can you make that walkout like eight billion different variations of a walkout and that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, and that's so crazy because that's literally that's like the foundation of how they approach the dance. Yeah, and it's so it's so interesting how that's not really the way it's taught a lot of times of breaking. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you know, I think people are getting it now, like mm -hmm. a lot of people. But mm -hmm. um, for a while, it was like, oh, you you do moves. Like yeah. that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there were there were only a few people. Yeah, there were only a few people from a certain era where I saw that was like really like oh, I could tell they're like on something else, you know. Um, you know, people like abstract, you know, and mm -hmm. like, um, just I don't know, man. Like to have that real like, I'm just gonna deconstruct everything. Yeah. And then just go deep with it, type of vibe. Um, yeah. Well, like a good example of that is uh, is bounce, and like yeah. Yeah. like uh, just like a really quick example is like he right. was he was talking about like a six step right, and he's like mm -hmm. you got the one, the two, and the three, whatever, all these steps right, and then right. he his crazy weird brain is thinking like okay, we well, got like one going to two, but then in between that step you've got like all these little you've got like little bits and like yeah. each one of those can be a move in its yeah. own way and so if you take that position and like do some footwork and go into that position like you've got another move and it's like breaking down a basic yeah. step into right all these different things and like kind of when you look at what he does yeah and you really think about it like you really just look at it like it's not that difficult it's the fact that he's 
practice these things like so many times that he can just flow in and out of them and like but like when you really look at what he's doing it's like well it's kind of like basic footwork and then very small little changes and little variations and things like that that add up to this like crazy round or something of just a billion different moves and stuff like that yeah yeah i guess but it's all kind of like based off of just foundational movements right for the most part exactly yeah yeah really basic stuff like that's what i've been trying to kind of work on lately too Mm -hmm. it's like my footwork has gotten almost simpler than it used to be in terms of the steps Mm -hmm. but when i'm changing up it's like it's like it's like my body i don't know like different parts of my body like literally just just moving different things neck shoulders Mm -hmm. posture Mm -hmm. stuff like that that you know i wasn't really too keen on paying attention to when i first started breaking but now i feel like oh this this adds a lot of variation just doing Mm -hmm. something very very simple man yeah yeah uh, that's helped me open up a lot with just different different types of movements yeah maybe Um, can you talk a little bit deeper about like just your yeah your particular like movement your particular aesthetic and how that kind of developed yeah man um when i first started breaking it was original but it was really whack (laughs) (laughs) this that's one that's lesson number one that i learned originality is not enough it's dope but it's not enough um Mm -hmm. you can't just like only for the sake of originality, do something that looks really crappy because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have your foundation. Right. Um, so then I spent like two years just drilling nothing but foundation. And then after that, when it started coming together, the first style I really tried to do was something kind of geometric. And I said, I would say it was kind of like um, technical. You know, I was trying to make shapes and then variations of shapes like i'll make a diamond and then i'll make an inverse diamond like an x mm-hmm. and i'll play around with like going back and forth on shapes you know um patterns where i you know change shapes like that in my footwork mm-hmm. um and then just doing steps based on that really so that was like my level one trying to like add something to the table type of thing it was just okay i'm gonna do different shapes and timing variations with those shapes in my footwork then later on i started to think like well i have all this you know this style is something i call i call it a style only when i look back on it and try to categorize it but the way i was doing it was still like one move i had in mind combined with another move at this time so then around like 2010, 2011, I was stuck in Galveston, Texas, going to medical school. I started like approaching it like instead of moves, I'm going to do whole styles just based on concepts. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing stuff with my ankles, started doing stuff with my arms. And um, but it was the mentality that changed. It wasn't like, no, now I have an ankle move and I'm going to do that ankle move, you know, here and there, or now I have this arm move mm-hmm. and I can go into this, into the arm move. It's like, I'm going to do footwork and now I'm going to go into like ankle style. 
Mm-hmm. And like everything I do is going to reflect that style. And so that opened up a lot to me. And, and, and I started freestyling. I mean, I always freestyle, but I really wanted to learn just like to go more and more, like mm-hmm. be really in it. And so really, I'll say like my style, the journey for me was just trying to be comfortable freestyling with everything that I, that I have while retaining mm-hmm. like the ideas and concepts. Um, and I feel like now I've, I've, I've been influenced by a lot by the other styles that are trying to do like popping and things like that, you know, just adding those concepts. But now, now I'm, I'm trying to bring an aspect to footwork where it's like, I want to look like I'm dancing. I don't know how to describe it. Like I'm, I'm focused less on how technical I am, but more on how, how much feeling it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that rough goal is driving a lot of my creativity mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, like how can I make it look like I'm in the moment Mm-hmm. and my footwork looks like a dance not just footwork i don't know it's right. kind of weird because sometimes yeah. i see people do footwork even though it's the style <laughs> category of breaking it doesn't look like they're necessarily even that funky i don't know yeah yeah um, i know what you mean <laughs> and so i'm trying to bring the funk like the like the, the feel into the footwork in some way i don't know but I, what I know this is I can't get, I can't be super technical. This is me. Some people, maybe some people can do it, but if I try to be super technical, the more difficult and complex I make it, the less funky I feel. Mm-hmm. So some of it has been stripped down and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, you know, trying to manifest more of that by rather than twist turns up, you know, up, down, left, right, you know, combine yeah, yeah. this and combine that. So, yeah. Um, and then learning to just sit with the music, man. I always had mm-hmm. a problem with rushing when I danced. And mm-hmm. um, that's something that I think as I matured, it's it's slowly gotten better. But I always feel like I have a long way to go, bro. Because it just never stops. So I think, yeah, that's uh, that's the sign of, that's a good sign that like, there's, you're still, you still have things to learn there's still passion yeah. and desire to improve and, and get better. And, a, and it's like a good humble attitude of like, I'm not the best I can be. I'm not the, in a, in a positive way, not in like a, yeah, uh, whatever, like beating yourself down kind of thing. Like, but like, yeah, like uh, you've, you've still got more to learn and that keeps you excited to like, keep going in the journey of breaking. Yeah. Yeah the that the other part that i do think has really matured i think does with everybody man that does this on a long time it's just i'm just less tied to the ego and mm-hmm. the, the validation seeking aspect of it you know mm-hmm. like i don't need to be I, I i less and less feel like being a good a good and well validated dancer is key to like my self-esteem you know like that's just <laughs> like that's something that you know i think everybody feels at one point when they like start out and yeah. you know luckily that dies down longer you do this and it, it yeah. really makes 
the dance a lot more enjoyable for me personally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I know where I stand in the scene and mm-hmm. what I've done and, and it's cool, you know? Yeah. Um, I think like, as you get older too, you just learn to like, maybe part of it too is, you know, it's a, again, that blessing and a curse, like breaking, you know, it's really hard for people to like make a career from breaking. There's less just like yeah. money in it. And so the people that, stick with it mm-hmm. that don't get like not to say that you're not like a, a well-known person you're like one of the more well-known like people in the scene but uh just the like what i mean is um if you don't decide to make like a career quote-unquote career out of breaking like yeah, the yeah, people yeah. that still stick with it you know mm-hmm. those are the ones that it's really something like they don't do it for the ego for the i mean right. there's no way they could right <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's a labor of love man you, you do it for reasons way deeper yeah and, yeah um really like fulfilling reasons yeah. um but but that has to come with a degree of um self i guess uh confidence and acceptance already mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. and so Again, like my break-in reflects my personality. My personality reflects my break-in. It kind of feeds mm-hmm. into each other. And so, you know, the more I mature as a person, I think the more my break-in, my approach to break-in kind of matures in its own way. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, the fact that I have a career and, and I've balanced all that, mm-hmm. knowing what I do in that role informs me in a way of, you know, just just what I'm doing, where I am in life. And, and that also kind of influences my approach to break in, mm-hmm. in a very positive way, man, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, I really try to break because I feel like every time I break, I'm loving what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. while I've definitely seen and experienced times where it's like, you know, um, you know, I gotta win or I'm not even gonna have fun. You know, it's like mm. it's like the pressure and 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 the desire is so high, you know, for that. Yeah. And that's what I'm that's what I always wanted to just like not not experience that, you know, I want to get away mm. from that kind of mentality. Um, but whatever, you know, I mean, you could say like there's there's a there's a degree of privilege I also have too. Like I could think that way because I don't need to break for a living, but I know some people, you know, that is their career. You know, mm-hmm. and they, I respect people that can find their balance mm-hmm. really doing this for a living. Cause I think it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, but yeah, I just think like, you know, for, for me too, it's a very similar kind of thing that like, I, I'm, I don't really do this as like a career. It's just something that I really like doing. And yeah. it brings it brings a lot of value to me, whether I get paid for it or not. It's nice right. when you do, but that's like a bonus. The, yeah. the real yeah. like the real joy, the real like thing that you get out of it is that, you know, that feeling that you get when you really like let go and just right. connect with the music. And it's just like, you know, that kind of yeah. what you call it, like flow flow yeah, state kind yeah. of thing and everything just kind of disappears and you right. get that moment of heaven right yeah yeah and i think it's so dope for like 
people to feel just connected and like carry the title, you know, like be proud of that. Like it doesn't have to be that you got to be the best and for, you know, from whatever standards, I guess, at something, but like, cause I get asked questions sometimes by people that are like, Oh, they talk about like my career, you know, like, well, how do you, um, how do you break and, 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 you know, have work in medicine and all that. And they ask me, well, how do you do it? But the hidden question behind that is like, how do you do that? And then become like known <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's like really, that's really a hard question for anybody to answer. You know, you, there's not like a, a, a way to necessarily do that. Um, but I'm also saying like, but you know, that's like your only goal in breaking, then you may just not have a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's a degree of like, to me, there's a lot of joy in just, just saying like, like, well, I, like I carry the title of a b-boy you know or a b-girl like i'm part of a community in the scene that not a lot of people really in the mainstream still knows about mm -hmm. and it's a very special thing you know to have this history and knowledge and connection with this whole community and the whole history and to have put in work into that and just carry that within you you know like that to me is really important and um kind of helps with the the whole mentality behind this breaking thing and art and you know um the pressure to like excel and be validated in your art and stuff like that like yeah like that's always nice but like there's a deeper reason to do this too you know mm -hmm. so yeah like uh i don't know it just to me, it always kind of comes back to this, like, idea that dance is, dance is just something that's like, I don't know, maybe in us to do. It's yeah. like in our DNA or something like that. Yeah. Like, like you want to move, whether you uh -huh. break or whether you pop or whether you just flail around, like, yeah. if you, if you get the chance and the music comes on and there's no one, especially like, it's kind of the basis of that that old expression of like dance like no one's watching it's like mm -hmm. when you remove that kind of judgment of outside people if you didn't mm -hmm. have that how would you what would you do that kind of thing right like you know a lot of people yeah. want to i think a lot of people want to dance and they want to move mm -hmm. and it's kind of like maybe it's the western sort of culture surrounding dance that like right. it's, a, it's about doing moves it's about impressing people and it's if you're a, if you do dance i've said this a lot like if you dance mm -hmm. you're a quote unquote dancer it's not just something mm -hmm. that's in the culture that you do that's like mm -hmm. oh there's a you're you're having a barbecue and there's some music and I, oh hey it's kind of good like it's everyone just starts moving or whatever it's just right. kind of like oh hey like i don't know dean you just you you can break like just do some moves, impress everyone kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's not just something that people just do, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, man. But anyway. <laughs> nah, I feel you. Yeah. Um, I feel you. 
I wanted to ask you one more thing, and it's it's related to your your career, I guess, in medicine. Like, mm-hmm. as far as I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your your work within like the medical field is sort of related to uh, psychology. No. Yeah, I'm a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist, right? Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of so curious, a, like, yeah. okay, go ahead. Yeah, you uh, can explain. I say, I, I'm a medical doctor that's uh, specialized in mental health. Right. So, so, some people don't know the difference between a psychologist and psychiatrist. And psychiatrist is allowed to prescribe stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's more detailed differences, but. <laughs> Uh, that's one major difference yeah in a <laughs> nutshell a, yeah yeah um so i was kind of curious about yeah just your thoughts on just dance breaking but more broadly dance and that kind of thing and the kind of mental aspects of it and if there's any things that you've come across through your journey in dance and then just also your knowledge of like just how the mind works and that kind of thing i mean you mentioned a little bit with like separating yourself from the ego and that kind of thing but oh yeah yeah yeah. um that's a good question man um there's a lot of like you could say psychological aspects that you could talk about that somebody can achieve in dance as far as like but they're, these are very vague terms, you know, um, as far as like self-discovery, self-actualization, um, you know, mindfulness of the self and all those things. Um, but my, my job entails mostly with, I actually treat really severely ill people. I work mm-hmm. in a, a hospital. Um, but, you know, I do think dance or really anything that has a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that that generates some sort of creative outlet is really good for mental health mm-hmm. um, because um, there's a lot of factors that influence depression for example mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking about like major depression um, and things like social isolation loneliness kind of feeling like there's a lack of connection a lack of productivity you know a lack of self-esteem these things all contribute to that and the dance itself is physically therapeutic i mean it, it mo- it's healthy for you in many ways to be mobile to um exercise sweat release the endorphins but the community i think and having this just whole world that you can be involved in is also extremely therapeutic um, because it it gives somebody you know a community they feel like they can belong to um, a social portfolio people that they can connect with um, and like also a place where you can you can get feedback um, you can get um, a sense of accomplishment, really, you know, a sense of purpose in, in something you do artistically. And um, having that, I think, is really important, you know. Um, 
I do think that having a, a complete kind of um, you know, how do I say this, but like having, having something in life that gives you a sense of control, validation, um, that's coming from something that's, that's more secure is going to be helpful. So, I, so like, you know, some people, if they, they get their entire validation from one thing, mm-hmm. and especially that one thing is outside of just yourself, Mm-hmm. that can often lead to feelings of inferiority and depression and things like for some people it's like their work mm-hmm. for some people it's like they get it from relationships you know um for some people it's uh you know whatever something else right um and so dance could be something that plays a role in in helping somebody develop a sense of just self-esteem too. Now it could also go the other way. Yeah, for sure. In, in many ways. I mean, you can, you can also be just as, you know, validation dependent um, on just this one thing as whatever else you might get into. But, you know, the more you can diversify, you know, your identity and, and consolidate into just, you know, more than just one facet. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the better you'll be mm-hmm. off as far as, those kinds of feelings go so hmm. i don't know if any of that made sense i just kind of felt no totally totally <laughs> a little bit, but, resonated a lot yeah. like uh i don't know just my own experiences with um dance and and mental health like i don't know a few several years ago like five six years ago now and my brother passed yeah. away and so that was like the first okay. real uh kind of like it was very traumatizing for me because i've never yeah you know people you know some it's it's different when like your grandmother dies i didn't know my grandmother when she died like right so when she died it was like oh my dad's going back to ontario like where he grew up and it's like yeah. his mom passed away to him it was probably really big but i'm like i've met her like three times maybe right. so there's no connection but like when it was my brother it was something someone very close to me right and yeah, like, yeah. you know, he, I saw him in the hospital slowly deteriorate, that kind of thing. Like he had right. leukemia, right? Yeah. So, you know, when he passed away, it was like a very traumatizing kind of like moment for me. And mm-hmm. I didn't know, I never kind of experienced anything like that in my life. So mm-hmm. I went through like a serious kind of depression, right? Mm-hmm. And, but dance for whatever reason, it was like the only thing that I really knew that was like, that I did regularly. Right. And like you said, it was that one of those things that gave my life sort of some structure, some goal, Mm -hmm. some direction, even though sometimes I was like, God, I hate what I'm doing. Like it looks, everything looks so terrible. feel so terrible Mm -hmm. about it, whatever, but. Right. Right. You know, that's me. Every time I look back at any old footage (laughs) (laughs) but it was like something that that uh that guided something guided me forward even though i didn't really maybe even have a direction that kind of thing and like um, yeah that's that's huge man yeah but even like through that experience and then kind of getting Mm -hmm. through it it led me into just wanting to explore like yeah how the mind how your mind works and and all these different things and like 
recently been dabbling more and more into just learning about like psychology and things like that and um and psychology and just the influence that when i was younger my dad was like heavy he still is a heavy buddhist and -hmm. there's a lot of like parallels between maybe buddhist philosophy and a lot of like psychological thought what do we call it like uh yeah 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 philosophy like ways of thinking i guess yeah yeah and maybe just they're set in different ways and things like that but they're covering similar ground a lot of times and Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really interesting like and then relating that to breaking and what i do and you know the whole idea of learning to just like let go and freestyle and like well what what's going on in your mind when you do that or what's not going on in your mind when you do that yeah yeah Yeah. and like sure man yeah there's like so much stuff to explore with that and yeah It, it really is cool because psychological concepts are in everything we do mm. you know somebody just at one point decided to say well actually what are these things let's actually study it mm-hmm. and put names to it but mm-hmm. from religion to mm-hmm. traditions to like activities sports arts everything we do it involves basic psychological concepts because life is is never-ending stress and we're always looking for coping ways to cope. Yeah. And it could be, you'll see a lot of parallels, man, because really a lot of us cope with things in similar ways. Um, mm-hmm. Things that give us a sense of um, wholesomeness, wellness, gratification, um, you know, you'll see parallels of those same things in, in a lot of different things. You mm-hmm. know? So, I'm sure there's Buddhist concepts, the mm-hmm. mirror, Christian concepts, yeah, the mirror, you know, uh, philosophical concepts, and it's really just how we try to cope with our environment, you know, yeah. a lot of yeah. the ways. But yeah, man, um, the the when I freestyle too, like you brought that up, but um, this feeling of being comfortable in your own vulnerability mm-hmm. goes big in freestyling for me because you have to be kind of brave to do it yeah and to be brave you kind of have to be okay with showing a weak side of yourself if that ever comes out you can't Mm -hmm. stop that and and part of it is that you know what that's okay because that's Mm -hmm. me yeah um but that's really a huge uh leap for some people yeah yeah um for a lot of people really because it really takes a level of being totally accepting of you yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, it's very easy to not want to show any kind of weakness mm-hmm. to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're able to do that and I think dancing and learning how to freestyle, and learning this dance really, you know, I mean, you got to be vulnerable just to learn breaking and getting the scene. Yeah. Is what really kind of tempered that part of my self esteem. You know, I don't think if I never tried my hand at breaking that I would be as confident about showing people just, you know, like I'm not perfect. This is where I am. That's okay. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a learner, you know, mm-hmm. that the humbling experience was a it was a big source of my own 
like psychological growth, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's kind of weird because breaking in particular is sort of built off of this, or maybe it's like hip hop in general, sort of has this like be the best, you're the, you're the king or the queen and this kind of thing. Like, yeah. And it's very, in a lot of ways, a very ego driven, right? This is my move I created. This is like my style, this sort of thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, a lot of people, just as they get older, like that stuff just stops really mattering. And, and I think yeah. what you said about like, you know, community and having a sense of community, that's, to me, that's the bigger thing with breaking. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the mo- the stuff that I remember the most is like the experiences that I had of like, I went to some jam and you know, okay, we, we entered and we won or we lost or we got knocked out right away or whatever. Like, but then right. it was like afterwards, like all these people from all over the world are here. And like, it's just cool connecting with people. I, whether it's on the yeah. dance floor or it's at the after party or it's at the hotel or whatever, like there's, there's all kinds of these connections that I've made with people from all over the place that because of this dance that we share in common, like we, we get to be a part of this kind of larger community and, and connect with other people. And like, it's just a cool thing. It's a really cool thing to, to be able to experience because not a lot of people get that opportunity in their life, I think yeah straight up man it's totally it's it's really amazing to be honest like yeah i mean just the fact i'm chatting with you right now you know like, yeah exactly uh, right it's cool man i met you like in person probably just that one time when i went to seattle i think so yeah right yeah yeah it's pretty yeah. much <laughs> so it's a really it's a weird world but you know yeah here we are we just had a whatever hour and a and 15 minute long chat about <laughs> all kinds of things and yeah yeah but uh yeah maybe that's 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 a good spot to kind of finish this off i think for now I think there's a lot more that we could talk about but um we'll save it for another time yes um yes but yeah thanks so much for just taking the time to do this and share your thoughts and your experience and all that and just your story with everybody yeah man anytime bro um thanks for having me this is dope always like to chat um, yeah and uh it's just good hearing from you man um i, I know i've been talking a lot but like what's what's up with you lately i mean <laughs> cut this out or whatever if you want but like uh um, you live in japan yeah yeah i moved here about four years ago now yeah um yeah it's like like i I was saying before like you know my brother passed away and that put me through a weird time and yeah i was going through some things and i was like oh you know what i've always wanted to live in japan i have the opportunity to do it now so i'm gonna try and just see what it's like and it's been you know like ups and downs and things like that and uh i don't know but it's an experience that i don't think i would trade away that kind of uh-huh. thing and what part uh, of japan you live in uh now i live in osaka oh dope. so it's kind of like yeah. i wanted to go i was supposed to go to osaka i was going to take a vacation there yeah uh, but then the pandemic hit i had yeah. my tickets and everything my yeah. girlfriend is actually japanese um oh really and she has family out there so mm. we were going to go and all that but i couldn't make it but 
Are you um? Do you have Japanese heritage? No, I'm half Thai. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know Thailand that. I thought you were like part Japanese, but I guess it's because no. I associated that with you moving to Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's yeah, that's it. But like, it's kind of weird because I don't know. I've been thinking about this, and again, it's like you know, it's getting into psychology. So I was like thinking about how it was my early childhood and things like that, and it's the way that I, my personality and how I am, and I was always kind of wondering like. Cause I've had some of my friends from Japan be like, Oh, your way of thinking is very like Japanese sometimes, or oh, yeah, or like just some people yeah. they'll like they'll say that or whatever. But yeah, uh, I sometimes think about like when I was born, my dad was actually living in Japan and teaching in Japan, mm-hmm. and so when I was born, as soon as we could, I was born in Canada, but as yeah. soon as they could, like the whole family moved to Japan for like a couple years i think oh and then okay yeah so yeah it was like early childhood in japan and then growing up was like there was like japanese toys and my brothers were still into like anime before it was cool that kind of thing and we had all these like japanese comics and things like that so there's a lot of influence of random things and like we had japanese um like homestay kind of students mm-hmm. and stuff like that and so yeah it's always kind of like around me yeah i would say even more so than a lot of like thai culture which is kind of weird right well i mean your early childhood experiences it it definitely plays a big role in how we view the world and mm-hmm. how you kind of conduct yourself as an adult mm-hmm. um so i could totally you know see that that could have played a big influence like me too like i was born in china Mm-hmm. and um i lived in china for five years i was really young though i didn't really i wouldn't say that would influence me too much but then i moved to puerto rico hmm. and i lived in san juan puerto rico for four years before i moved to houston wow and it was just a different vibe man i don't know like maybe it maybe it was that vibe that that kind of cued me in to like try things like break in and, and mm-hmm. have a certain approach to break in a personality a certain way because i know mm-hmm. on puerto rico it's I don't know, it's, it's kind of like, it's very cultural out there, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of music, mm-hmm. people are very like, people had their very, their, their own identity. And, you know, there was a lot of uh, uniqueness to the culture, I guess, the way they talk, the slang, like all this stuff. And so, um, you know, I think about that sometimes and I wonder, you know, these are, these are things that are usually are, are outside of our consciousness. Like mm-hmm. you don't really realize why you do certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, but you do them. Yeah. And then sometimes you can really think about it and be like, man, why is that? You know? Um, but that's only if you're mindful to that concept of yeah. psychologically, um, of being psychologically mindful. You know, most people don't ever really spend a lot of time questioning why they do certain things. Yeah. For a good <laughs> reason, I think. Right. In, in general. Right. Like uh, to an extent, I mean, yeah. 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 You do it too so, much and you're just always second guessing everything. Well, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Yeah. Exactly. But for sure, like I think uh yeah, like you said, psychological mindfulness, awareness or whatever. I think that's something that everyone needs to work on to some extent. Yeah, you yeah. can apply it to yourself. You can also kind of apply it to other people, man. Like hmm. from my training, there's times where I could see it's like it helps me 
be less caught up in in drama usually mm -hmm. um or just feeling some type of way like i could see that you know when some people act and say certain things they may be really just influenced by their own issues you know their own insecurities um their own feelings of invalidation their own you know mm -hmm. low self-esteem etc mm -hmm. um because you see it a lot in breaking <laughs> a lot of egos mm -hmm. a lot of shit talking mm -hmm. a lot of behaviors and battles mm -hmm. and you got to realize that all comes from somewhere inside and it usually comes just from the source is really just inside that person. It really has nothing to do with what you're doing or what another person is doing. Mm -hmm. It's all from kind of an inner process. And sometimes to be able to see that instead of just like letting the content and emotions come at you and you're riding with it. If you're able to see that and be like, you know, this is probably what's going on. Um, and it probably has nothing to do with me yeah yeah you know you know that kind of stuff right yeah you know yeah probably helps de-escalate a lot of issues for me is, at least you know? this is like something my dad used to tell me all the time and it's like yeah. his his kind of buddhist sort of thinking it was like yeah we'd be dry he'd be giving me a ride to school and like uh you know some person would do something kind of weird or or dangerous mm -hmm. or whatever right and like i think it was one time someone did something and i was like oh what a what a stupid driver and he was yeah. like, yeah, maybe, but you know, you also just, you don't know what's going on in their head and, and right. there's all kinds of things that could be happening that, that you right. just don't know about. And like, they could be yeah. having the worst day, like they're, they just got divorced or something like that, or like, right. uh, or, you know, their, their loved one just died the day before and they're just like not mentally there, or yeah. they just had a bunch of shitty things like yeah that they did or yeah. done to them. And so it's just like, you know, give them some space right. or whatever. Yeah. Cause when you really think about things like empathy mm. and forgiveness, mm -hmm. sometimes you think like, Oh, does this person deserve that? Mm. Or, you know, mm. like, do they really deserve my forgiveness or empathy? But you really aren't doing it so much for them as you're doing it for yourself. Mm. Um, at least the way my take on it is, is that, mm. Um, when I have to, when somebody is like pissing me off and I have to dig up a little bit of empathy and be like, okay, you know what? There's probably a reason why they're doing this. Um, they're dealing with their own demons. I'm not going to take it personally as much as it is technically like letting them go of that. It, it, it soothes my own anger. Uh, yeah. 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 You know what I mean? It, it lets that go because when you're holding on and entitled to a lot of anger it's it doesn't feel very good <laughs> no. um unless you're gonna go do something about it which is that case i mean whatever but you know that may not always be a good outcome <laughs> so a lot of times we hold on to anger because we don't know where to put it it's a situation where you feel maybe rightfully angry but you have no control over it mm. so by mustering up gratitude forgiveness empathy you're really just helping yourself. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Anyways, that's. Yeah. So know. that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. You know, we could just keep going and going and going and going <laughs> with that, like these kinds of things, but, uh, cause like we're any, but yeah. Uh, I think that's a, maybe a good spot, you know, just yeah, yeah, for sure. Have some empathy and, uh, that'll help you and the other person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right on. Um, 
but yeah, thanks so much. And, you know, I think you had a lot of really, really good things to share with people. There's a lot of insightful things and, and uh, yeah, there's, there's still a lot more that I wanted to talk to you about, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and do this again sometime and just get into that stuff kind of right away. Maybe we don't need to deal with any of this history stuff, background. Thing. <laughs> people will know who you are and we'll just dive into it. Next all right sounds yeah. good man i yeah. appreciate you having me man it's been fun yeah um and for everyone listening and watching you know thanks so much for for doing that and um yeah we'll just catch you in the next one all right peace everybody peace thanks everybody for listening and i really hope you enjoyed the talk if you like what you heard, please feel free to check out some of the older episodes and help spread the word about the podcast. If you really want to go that extra mile, please consider supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Even as little as a dollar goes a long way, and it means a lot to have your support. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.